Scrub is known as Derek and Mike. Welcome back to another weekly episode of the Buffalo Happy Hour. We're gonna get kicked off because now you can't just start with the song. I'm not even recording yet. What are you doing? What a loser! I didn't know you were gonna start it like that. That was such a good idea. Well, you didn't tell me, and I didn't press a button. David, what are you doing? I'm not even ready yet. The colors were green a second ago. I don't. You didn't even hit. Oh Jesus! Oh. What? Oh, 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 <laughs> oh, I just drank Mother Earth, Derek. Does it taste good? You want me to drink all of this? Yeah, I do. We're going to get blasted. We got more friggin' look for it. Well, that's, that's the plan because after this, we're doing a Patreon exclusive episode. So if you're not on Patreon supporting you boys, even if it, are we making this available to everybody? Yes. Or are we just making if- it available to the $50 one? Patreon only. <laughs> no, I, I know, but I'm saying like all tiers. Patreon only. So, yes, all tiers. Okay. If they invested in us, they should get the insanity that is us. Okay. I like that. So, this is going to go. When do we want to even upload it? We. It doesn't matter. About, yeah, it does because we got to be consistent with it. Or do you want to, like, surprise them once a month? Well, yeah, we'll just. We do whatever we want. <laughs> and then we get suggestions from them, and we're like, yeah, you're right. And then, then we'll bend. You know, it's like the bell curve with no Asians yet. And don't break. I don't know if I can say what I just Most, said. No Asians yet? I said I said it's like the bell curve in the classroom with no Asians yet inside the class. You know, so it's like an even playing field, you know? Then that's not a bell curve, though. You <laughs> just edit just edit all that out. <laughs> We're not even on the Patreon episode yet. But first, before we get to the Patreon episode, we got to record this episode first. So, Michael... Who sponsors the normal episodes? Give it to them. Pause. Addies, thank you so much for your logo. Queen City Creative Works is an Etsy shop on roids, and they are able to make personalized branded items. This is smoky. Smoky. QueenCityCreativeWorks.com. Scroll down on their homepage, shop now button, click it, and then you will be able to enjoy... All things Buffalo Happy Hour branded items, and then if you have any requests, they might potentially oblige. So head on over and Queen City Creative Works. Thank you so much for your continued partnership slash sponsorship. Um, useless fact, and then we'll dive into the weekly episode. Love it. Okay, a four-year-old kid named Bobby Dunbar disappeared on a family trip. Eight months later. They rescued him and reunited him with his family, and they lived happily ever after. Awesome useless fact, right? How long? Eight months after they rescued him and reunited him with his family, they found out that uh, it's not what they thought it was. So here's the full story and the full fact. You confused me a lot because I thought the useless fact ended after eight months. And you're like, that's it. Useless fact done. Ready? On to the next topic. So hold on. He was, let me. Hold on. Let me, let me read the whole thing. Okay. We got to start from the beginning because Uh, my my timeline's thrown off now. Okay. Okay. He's four. Okay. He's a four-year-old boy. His name is Bobby Dunbar. Okay. He disappears on a family trip. Eight months later, they rescued him, reunited him with his family, and they lived happily ever after. So he was missing for eight months. 
Okay. Okay. Nearly a hundred years later, Derek, DNA proved conclusively that the kid they rescued wasn't Bobby Dunbar. <laughs> so they just stole a kid. <laughs> So they just like saw this kid and they're like, you look like him. I'm coming with you. Yeah. Or you're coming with me. Yeah. So Bobby Dunbar is still gone. Correct. No one knows what happened to Bobby Dunbar, the real Bobby Dunbar. This kid that they thought was Bobby Dunbar that said was Bobby Dunbar was actually not Bobby Dunbar proved, uh, proven through DNA. Do we know who this kid is? No. So it's the famous Bobby Dunbar story. I've never heard of this story. Why do you talk like this is well world renowned? Um, well, it is in the community of useless fact knowers. <laughs> so like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, essentially. I've never heard of Bobby Dunbar before. Yeah, Bobby Dunbar, baby. So he uh he he was lost and then uh where's my coaster? Ew. I'm like not civilized. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, they, they found out conclusively through DNA that it wasn't actually him, and no one knows what ended up happening with the real Bobby Dunbar. Well, that, and where did this fake Bobby Dunbar come from? Mm-hmm. So, like... Let me Google where the fake... Where the fake one at? Yeah, because they have to know. A hundred years later? Yeah. So, everyone's do- dead at this point, right? Correct. Because, I mean, you can tell from the photo, dude, like... Yeah, they're dead. It's, it's, it's an old photo. I mean, he's driving, like, a, a Model T, you know? Yeah. It's that I mean, time that's period. What, like 30s, 40s? When is Model T? 20, 20s and 30s. Yeah. So, okay. Where? Oh, my goodness. I just love how you said, like, everybody knows this fact. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Where did the fake? Sometimes you just got to lay it up, you know? I'm surprised you didn't hear about Bobby Dunbar. I don't even turn on the mics yet. Jesus Christ. I'm just a disaster. Where did the fake Bobby Dunbar come from? Disappearance of Bobby Dunbar. Okay. It was in Mississippi. That explains it. Probably got swept up in one of those canes, bro. So they use DNA to prove, like, without a doubt that it's not him. And they did this February 9th, 2023. Because it's been this ongoing back and forth battle about the whole thing. So. Oh, sh- February 9th, 20- today? So. No. You said February 9th, 2023, which is today's date. I'm looking it up on his. Maybe it's because I clicked on it today, but <laughs> I don't. it literally says Bobby Dunbar. And then look, look at Derek. It's. It looks like it's cited for February 9th, 2023. That's when it was written, probably. So today? So I just happened to click on an article that was published today? I, I don't know. You're the one that supposedly has known right, the story look, for your entire life. Not listen. <laughs> okay. Louisiana summers are an unforgivable force to behold. If the sun doesn't kill you, the humidity will. In the summer of 1912, so probably, so I guess Model T's, we were way off. The Dunbar family was enduring the brunt of the sweltering late summer as the air filled heavy with thick moisture. Okay, stop. Let's just let's just move on. Family vacation. Yeah. Born in 1908, Bobby Dunbar was the firstborn of his parents. Okay, they had two young sons, and the Dunbar the Dunbar family was a growing family of four. Like most parents... Okay, got it. Yeah, I don't need a, the I know, entire history like, let's, and the environmental report at I know, the time. for real. On <laughs> August 23rd, 1912, they packed up their bags and made their way north over the city towards Swazi Lake. They didn't know at the time, but the trip would change... Okay, oh my God. 
This seems like one of those recipes that you pull up and you have to go through this chick's whole uh, life story before you find correct. out that it's an egg and a, and a piece of oat. <laughs> yeah. And you're and like, God damn, I just wasted all of my time on this. Right. When the Dunbar parents realized their son was missing, they were horrified. Uh, what is this? Home Alone? Obviously. Okay. It was an eight-month search to find little Bobby. <laughs> Mrs. Dunbar... We're finally getting to the story. <laughs> in particular, was grief-stricken beyond words. Okay. Um, is this a movie? Like, why is this so well written? I, what dude, are we doing here? I don't, this Can is, I just figure out who Bobby Dunbar is? You're cutting me off. <laughs> okay. This is going to take the full episode. On April 13th, 1913, that's like a year to the day of the Titanic sinking. Authorities arrested a suspect in the case, and it was a traveling tinker by the name of William Cantwell Walters near Columbia, Mississippi. He was traveling with a boy matching Bobby Dunbar's description, the same age, blonde hair, and blue eyes. It was enough to take the boy from Walters and put him on the next train to Opelupus. When the boy arrived, the parents should have been thrilled, but there was one small... Maybe not so small problem. The Dunbars didn't recognize their son when the authorities brought him home, and the curious case began. What's a tinker, first of all? Google that. I'm trying to I'm trying to sift through the nonsense of this article. The, to the get one the, detail that I want, instead of understanding Louisiana's hot summer, <laughs> I want to know what a tinker is, and they just glossed over that like that's not important information to the story. That's his kidnapper, for Christ's sake. What's a tinker? When the completed Dunbar family returned home, a brass band awaited them and a parade was held in their honor. Newsflash, a person who travels from place to place mending metal utensils as a way of making a living. Okay. Crushed it. Okay. I'm still sifting through nonsense. So this dude makes spoons, and then he's <laughs> traveling with a kid who has blonde hair, blue eyes, which is basically the entire Aryan race. So 95% of the population, and the police took him, arrested the kid, took the kid to his parents. The parents said, we don't recognize the kid, and that's where we're at. Yeah, and okay, so here's about the arrest. William Walters, kidnapping in the state of Louisiana was a capital offense. Upon his re- arrest, Walters claimed the child was his brother and a servant's illegitimate son. The mother of the boy in question, according to Walters, was Julia Anderson. He said that she had given him permission to take the boy with him on his travels. The L.A. Times reported that Walters tried to clear his name, stating, I know by now you have decided you are wrong. It is very likely I will lose my life on account of that, and if I do, the great God will hold you accountable. Okay, so then... So the story that the guy told was probably true. He was probably taking his little brother, and he got his mom's permission... And the police just took him away from him because he's like, you match the description of a boy that's been lost. Essentially. So they found him in Barnesville, North Carolina. His parents claimed that the boy was their missing son, even though they weren't 100% about it. They couldn't afford a lawyer, and the court eventually ruled in favor of the Dunbars. Um, what a bad court. So, okay, both Walters and a woman named Julie Anderson insisted that the boy was with him was Anderson's son's Bruce. Julia Anderson could not afford a lawyer, and the court eventually ruled in favor of the Dunbars. So the cops took this boy thinking that it was Bobby, and they're like, no, that's Bruce. And they're like, it's Bobby. And they took him, and then she's like, I'm, I want to take you to court, but I'm Poe. So because she's Poe, she couldn't do it. And then I guess at that time, in the early 1900s, you know, if you can't afford one, one will be appointed to you. Didn't exist. Right. When was the Miranda case? 
Can you Google that? What year the Miranda case was? We should remember this from penal law, but that's fine. I don't remember anything from penal law. Well, that Why? sounds like a you problem. I don't know if Miranda. you know this, but I basically went to law school. <laughs> yeah. Sure did. 1966. So we're way off. Yeah. Well, or no, we, we're we, before we it way, existed. Well, we're way before, yeah. Correct. So. That's what I meant when I said way off. Well, yeah. So in 2004, confirmed, they did DNA profiling, and they established in retrospect that the boy found with Walters and returned to the Dunbars as Bobby had not been a blood relative of the Dunbar family. This makes most believe that the boy was in fact Bruce Anderson and had been wrongly identified by Dunbar's parents. Julia Anderson had no means to contest the Dunbar's decision, but always maintained the child was her son. However, this does not solve what happened to the true Bobby Dunbar. Bobby Dunbar is presumed dead in absentia. Absentia? Presumption of death. Occurs. Oh, okay. So absentia? I don't know what that is. Which just sounds like some fancy word. It sounds like a place. He's not here anymore. Yeah. So, so that sucks. Could you imagine having a kid and then they... But police are like, that this is this person. They're like, no, it's not. Like, that's my kid. And they're like, nope. And they take him, and then you can't afford to do anything about it. And then you just lose your kid forever. I I would become John Wick. If they like yeah. my dog, my kid, like, nope, I'm gonna I'm gonna collect cans, I'm gonna raise money, <laughs> go fund me, like so, like there's outrage. I well, I mean, it's a different time. It's 1912. So yeah. what do you do so, in 1912? So you're four years old in 1913 when this was done, right? So you're four years old. So you grew up in 1909. And they ran the DNA test results in what? 2004. 2000. So he's 94 years old at that point. Yeah, right? if he lives 90, to that. 95 years old. Yeah. And so it, what are you doing waiting that long? What do you mean? DNA came out so... 1986. Well, right, but still in all. But wouldn't you want to know? Like, that's that's a good 20 years right there. Yeah, but there was advancements. Incto facto. Don't act like you know what's going on. Come on, still, Derek. You lose your son. Yeah. And, like, you're just like, all right. She couldn't, save, it, she couldn't save enough in 20 years? That's what I'm saying. It's like, a horrible just question. Just get the DNA test. That's crazy to me. So they, uh, I just, I don't know. So that's, weird. So that's do you think famous... that Bobby Dunbar is dead? Well, now he is. Now he has to be. Well, they presume he's dead. Well, the real Bobby he's Dunbar. Ten right now. Oh well, yeah, he gone. <laughs> yeah, so it's an easy one. You can just presume he's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just simple math. We don't live that long. And then, can you imagine? Like, you bring a kid to the parents, and you're like, I don't recognize him, but I'm sure that's him. And the police are just like, Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> When you have somebody else saying, no, that's legitimately my kid. There were no follow-up questions. I know. You know what I mean? Like, eh, something's a little off. Like, oh, what's off? Like, my kid never had those freckles. Like, ah, it's been eight months. And the kid probably, I mean, he was four years old. So if you're the parent and you're like, your your name's Bobby now. He's like, I'm I'm Bobby. It's not like the kid's going to fight. No, I'm Bruce. Like, he doesn't even know at that point. The Bobby bitch. Bobby bitch. (laughs) (laughs) What a terrible story. It started out, like, so nice. And like, oh, they found this kid. Just kidding. He's still dead, and they kidnapped somebody else. Yeah, they just yeeted him from a family. <laughs> and they're like, he's your kid now. Mystery solved. <laughs> like, is that policing back then? Like, I'm just going to go kidnap this little twerp. He doesn't know any better. 
There you go. Problem solved. That'd be interesting to go back in an episode and like talk about the evolution of policing. And because I mean, with I mean, you and I studied this. We're stuff. doing with it fingerprints, now. Fingerprints with fingerprints and a DNA test. Like things were so different back in like the 1960s. When was fingerprints? I should know this because I actually studied this, but I forgot. Fingerprints, I guess, were never like. I don't know if they were formally used. When Are were... we looking at the evolution of policing in America? Fingerprints were first used as forensic evidence back in 300 BC. That's absurd. What what is it? A minutia. One uh, like a an identifying characteristic when it comes to a fingerprint. Each you need what is it like seven or nine to confirm a fingerprint? I think it's more than that, isn't it? Like 12 it's, I don't I don't I don't think it's minutia, but there's a term for what I'm I'm referencing. Do you know what I'm it's, talking about? Yeah, it's like uh, I know. Make me Google I know. Stuff. Pull up the notes, bro. Pull up the college notes, because I know I know there's a term for that. I know that you got some bifurcations and stuff. Bifurcations mean like you got that one line that splits off into two. Yeah, no, I'm not. Th- don't read my palm. You got the Find- arches and the whirls and the swirls and the. Yes, but there's an actual term for, um, like the the identifying characteristics of a fingerprint. What is that term? One of the top search results is how long do fingerprints last on a body, and I'm genuinely concerned oh. for America right now because <laughs> I don't know who's googling that. It's kind of scary. Well, I also don't know if you want to find out the history of policing because it's not ideal. That's true. Maybe we save that for the Patreon episode. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> what is that term? Did you find it yet? No. Come on, Derek. Okay. While you look for that, the origins of modern-day policing can be traced back to the slave patrol. Oh, Jesus. Maybe we don't want to go down here. The earliest formal slave patrol was created in the Carolinas in the early 1700s with one mission to establish a system of terror and squash slave uprisings with the capacity to pursue, apprehend, and return runaway slaves to their owners. It's minutia. You're right. I was right. Yeah. Yo, look at that, bro. I knew it. Such as the number of ridges and their groupings that are not perceptible to the naked eye. How the... F- how... How did I remember that? I mean, minutia is a pretty common word. What are you talking about? <laughs> minutia just means like small individual pieces. Things, yes. But I, I literally, that's astounding that I could rem- remember that of I, all things. Okay, so speaking of remembering, how do you spell minutia? I mean, it's not M-I-N-U-N-C-I-A-S. <laughs> <laughs> M-I-N What did you just say? <laughs> oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on No, 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 let me hold try on. Okay, so, yeah, what <laughs> What did you just spell out? I think I spelled out like my new kiss Which doesn't make sense So, minutia would be M-I-N Am I right? Yeah Yeah, M-I-N, there's a U in there Um, minutia Oh, T-I-A yeah. Close. You're, there's an E on the end of it, too. Oh, there is an E. Yeah. The E is silent. So it's M-I-N-U-T-I-A-E. Yeah. I'm literally- You go- went hard with something I've never even heard of before at first. Dude, I crushed that. M-I-N-U-S-H. I don't even remember what you said at first. Nailed that it. was so far <laughs> off, I just lost it. But yeah, M-I-N-U-T-I-A-E. 
I'm impressed. Good. You know, have some faith. <laughs> well, not after the first try. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what are the three areas of policing? Do you remember this? The three areas of policing? Mm-hmm. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. No. Okay. So, the political era, the reform era, and then the community era. Oh, era. Yeah, the three eras. I thought you said areas. Maybe I did, but I meant eras. I gotcha. And then, let's see. Not that that would have changed. I still wouldn't have known the answers, but I was confused. I was thinking like, I don't even know what I was thinking. I I mean, it's kind of sad that it goes right back to slavery. Like, there's no good reason for police. has to be linked to slavery. Now... Here's a question. What are your thoughts on community policing? <clears throat> community policing. Like, a community policing each other? Is that what you're getting at? No. Like, you're a cop. It's community policing. And you're basically profiling based off of the situation. So, we're in a very astute community in a wealthy suburb and then all of a sudden we'll have, like, riffraff. So you approach them. <laughs> I'm like, where this is going? So then as a cop, you approach them and you're like, why are you here? Like, that's community policing. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't – It do, like, something doesn't add up or make sense. Like, why do you have yeah. a destroyed 1998 Honda Civic, one tire's flat-ish, and you're, it's just, like, leaning, the car's beat – there, it's not maintained, and then you you look at the individuals in the vehicle, and they don't fit the vibe of the area at all. Like, nothing makes sense. Like, why don't you have an AMG? Like, there's $750,000-plus homes in this whole neighborhood. Why is this beat-up Honda Civic here? I think that it's a necessary part of policing because you got to start somewhere, right? And as long as you're ethically going about it, from a police officer's standpoint, there's no harm in asking questions, which is sometimes where I get so fed up with some of the current events. It's like you are allowed to ask questions of people. So if you don't have cause to attain, like arrest them, then you're treading that line of, all right, dude, now you're just being an asshole. But if you're asking questions to get to the bottom of something, like if somebody calls in your scenario, somebody calls from that neighborhood and says, houses are getting broken into, Things don't make sense. 
everybody's scared. They're locked up inside, and then you go there, and there's a beat-down Honda Civic that is completely rusty with um, people inside that don't fit that area. That's a that's a place to start if you're a police officer. There's no – that's an indication of something. Like, that doesn't necessarily mean that there's malintent. That that's just where you start with things. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not against that at all. It's, again, when you go in and you're like, all right, I'm arresting you because you're the you're the suspect of this. It's like, bro, you didn't even ask any questions. Like, that's when it starts getting a little weird. Agreed. And people flip out when they're asked for their, like, their own ID. It's like, you don't have that right. It's dude, like, dude, this listen, whole thing right you're, now. You're, you're literally born you before you even have a cognitive thought and you just show up and you cry because you don't know what else is going mm-hmm. on. You just seen light for the first time, right? Like you, you just left the womb. The government assigns you a number and you're right. worried about a cop asking you for your ID. Like there's this trend going on right now that I, I can't stand. Um, it's that people are recording all traffic stops. Like it's so rain, like I get pulled over and I put my phone up on the window and I'm like, I'm recording this conversation. Like, dude, what are you doing? And the- why are you doing this? Because immediately you're starting off on the bad on a bad foot with a cop. And there's a lot of people that hate bad cops are good cops. That's the number one person who hates bad cops. I'm not defending bad cops that have done bad stuff. But the fact that you feel like you need to be compelled to put a camera on the situation at all times is just escalating the tension between everybody. And I just don't understand that. I don't understand why if I get pulled over, I should be 100% um, – it should be necessary for me to put my camera up to record my me and the cop, our interaction. I just, I just don't understand where that's coming from. First of all, let's say something bad does happen. Okay, Let's say you are pulled over, you start recording, and the cop just pulls out his gun and shoots you. That's not going to happen. But let's just say it does. The cop grabs your phone. He d- deletes everything. W- where do you go from there? You're not alive, bro. What are you doing with that evidence? It's like if he's going to pull out his gun and shoot you, he's going to find a way to delete everything. I mean, unless he has a body cam. Well, th- then you don't need your phone if he has a body <laughs> cam. You're escalating everything for every situation by having your phone out. I was watching this TikTok the other day, and the dude and the cop were actually fighting because the cop's like, you don't like." You're recording this, and he's like, "It's my constitutional right to record that." It's like, bro, just shut up and put your phone down and just cooperate. You got pulled over because your tail lights off. It's a common thing to get pulled over for. You don't need to record everything. That bothers me so much. I agree. It almost bothers me as much as the nine mil versus forty five argument. What are your thoughts on that? By the way, nine versus forty five. What are your thoughts? Like cop carrying it? Like in what context? Um, because cops don't carry forty fives. Depending on the age, uh, d- I'm sorry. Holy guacamole! Yeah. My mind was just like so much faster than my mouth could keep up. Some departments do, like the state police are is forty five ACP. Oh really? Yeah, and then local municipalities is nine. So, um, or forty depends on the department. But it's the the age old argument of. Um, like shot placement versus displacement, meaning stopping power. There's more stopping power with a 45 than there is a nine. Right. However, with training and then with consistent training and, and everything else, a nine works just as well as a 45 sure. or a 40. So that's why I was just wondering what your stance was on nine versus 45. I mean, you don't care at all. No, at my 
civilian life where I have a desk job, nine will be just fine for me. So I don't really care too much around that. Um, I don't know why. What is yours? Do you prefer 45 because of that? No, I prefer nine. Okay. It's also way cheaper. It's more readily available. Right. It's not as, as much of a pain. And it's it's just tr- like shot placement versus displacement. Right. Just know how to shoot. Yep. I'm going to be the first one to say I'm not a gun guy. I have one because I need one in this world, I feel like. But, I mean, I'm not I'm not going too hard with everything. Do you think that that's sad? I mean, I don't have one government. What do you mean? They're going to come and take my guns, bro. For, you're legal. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> do you think it's sad that you feel like you need to own a gun? It depends. For me personally, no. Because Hell I feel yeah. like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's my <laughs> constitutional right to own one. But, I mean, it, it depends on your perception on why you need one. If you feel like you need one because the world's going to shit, then, yeah, that's kind of sad. If you need one because you just finished watching episode three of The Last of Us and you think it would be cool to shoot a zombie in the face, then, no, it's not sad. It's kind of cool to own a gun, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you watched The Last of Us yet? No. You got it, dude. It's pretty good. We'll see. Pedro Pedro Pascal is the man. Oh, is he? Pretty cool, yeah. It's pretty sweet. I don't know. Like, I... Turn it off? For now, It'll get cold in here, bro. Uh, we'll be okay. <laughs> it's baking in here. We're wearing a t-shirt. Hell yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't find it sad. Personally, the thing is, I would, I cannot emphasize to you guys enough how uneducated I am. It's right off the rip. I'm not researching all this stuff beforehand. I have no idea the statistics, but I feel my perception is. We feel like we're in a more violent time because everything's being recorded and the news has nothing else to talk about. So everybody that has this fear that they're going to go outside and get shot, this has always kind of been happening. It's just now the news literally has nothing else to talk about, so they're talking about that. That's my perception at least. So if you're scared, it's probably because the news is making you scared. I just saw a thing online today when I, because like every time I open up a tab at work, it spits out and I can't change it and it bothers me. But it spits out like a homepage that has ninety seven thousand articles about the most recent things that happened. Golden or Grammys were on there, so I was watching Sam Smith do whatever he was doing, and then I saw this article that said there's this new virus that's going to take over humans in the pe- in the next like three years. I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you telling me this? Because one, I don't care. Two, you're scaring everybody and three you don't even know if it's possible so what are you doing yeah there's that and then you also have like the leaked meeting footage of the cdc high ups talking about manipulating the virus to ensure that their new boosters are going to work for it so they can make more money like it's it's ridiculous but no i think you're right i think there's an element of like almost propaganda directing people to think a certain way where if you're going to I don't know I'm I'm unbelievably biased which I have to say but I don't know firearms to me are a tool just like a shovel right. or a fork to eat same with a spoon like I just I don't think as a dude who as makes most a dude who makes spoons stole a kid when he was younger just so you know that's what I'm saying right <laughs> shout out can't even trust spoons nowadays I know, I know. Yo, shout out tinkers right I mean that's pretty sick <laughs> it's a cool job to have <laughs> yeah I just feel like it's not it's not a it's not a weapon it's a firearm for me like it's it's a literal tool but again that comes down to the, when you ask me if you feel like this is sad it comes down to your perception of the tool if you feel like it's a tool 
then it's not sad that you have one. If you feel like it's a weapon because you always have to be on alert to defend yourself, then you might be somebody that feels like this is a sad time to live because you're constantly on alert. Here's, like, dude, the earthquake we just had. People went up. I saw so many Yeah, it was the first time anyone's been awake before six. Yeah, Yeah. so many posts of people getting up and grabbing their guns and walking around the house. So... Okay, let me let me say t- two things before I address that. Or one thing before I address that. So two things total. Um this isn't like a this isn't like a raw thing, right? All I'm going to say is there have been moments in my life between 18 and 27 where I have been in a situation where I was receiving information from the world. So I'm I'm living in a moment in an environment and I'm taking in so much information just like how your eyes are seeing so much and your brain can't keep up whatever and I'm seeing things and in that moment in that stressful environment the only thing that made me feel somewhat safe was the fact that I had a rifle. Like I've been there. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know that feeling where you're only you're literally doing this and you're like, okay, and it's always within an arm's reach. So when you're removed from that situation and then you're home in the US and then you wake up and you forget that you just woke up in your bed at home and the first the first thought is where's my rifle? Like I know what that's like. I'm I'm within 0.45 of the US population that knows what that's like. Mm-hmm. And and that's just like that's just vets. Like only 0.45 serve and less than 0.45 deploy and then less than that deploy to a like a region that would make you endure whatever, mm-hmm. right? So there's that element. The earthquake hits. I get a I get Two phone calls that morning, the f- and then the rest were texts. The first was my coworker saying the apron of his driveway lifted because the earthquake destroyed his water main underneath the road oh, shit. in his neighborhood. So the water lifted his driveway apron and was just flooding his neighborhood. That was the first phone call. The second phone call was from a man that has done much more in his military career than I have asking me, what do you know? Because he woke up in a cold sweat having a an actual episode with, like, he's 100% disabled. He's having massive PTSD issues, and he's drenched in cold sweat, holding a gun, wondering if more 155s are going to come down out of the sky. Like, that is his first thought. Nothing about an earthquake. Nothing about a drunk driver hitting a building. Not, like, he he literally thought he was under attack. That was the second phone call. The third phone call was one of the, the, one of the people in my department calling off. How do you juggle that? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, then there's that element, too. So, like, it's, it's astounding how people respond to so many different situations and... And in that situation, I understand, like, in your – the second phone call that you received, in that situation, 
1,000% understand why you would wake up in that situation and grab a gun. Completely agree. I have a lot of issues where people are posting on Facebook just to call out that they have a gun and saying that a drunk driver hit their house so they're going outside with a gun. I saw that a lot. I'm like, what do you know? Jesus. If a drunk driver hit your house, you should go out there and make sure they're okay, not go out with a gun to kill them. What are you doing? Yeah, and it's so, yeah, you always, I mean, I mean, there's many ways to handle that event. Um, I'll tell you one thing when, when I, I'm nude and I'm out of the shower drying myself and my house felt like it left the foundation that it was sitting on and I'm like, (laughs) right. And I'm just standing there and I'm like, okay, um, did a plane just crash on my road? My first thought was, what was that? My second thought how is my wife and dog? My third thought, I need a gun. My fourth thought, is my whiskey collection okay? <laughs> like, in that order, which is ridiculous to look back on and think, wow, those are my priorities. <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean, <laughs> I, like, I'm worried about my house, right? And I'm just like, what was that? Is my house okay? And then is everybody else in my house okay? And then, okay, let's arm myself. And then now... Is my booze okay? Yeah. Because that was abnormal. And if if I'm on top, right? If you're not watching on YouTube, what's wrong with you? If I'm <laughs> if I'm vibrating on the floor thinking what the hell's going on, because my the the only thing that I could think of to rationalize what I was enduring was a, a really, really low flying plane. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the hill and Kobe's coming to me. Like that's <laughs> rip that's that's where my head went was yeah. okay that's a mass cal i now live in clarence right <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> rip <laughs> i thought a lot of people died in a plane crash yeah. and then i pop open um well what what led me to think it was an earthquake was the weather channel app notification on my lock screen popped up my phone lit up and i looked at it because at this point i'm already checking things out outside and then the weather channel app pops up and it says second earthquake hits turkey and it's like a 7.8 magnitude or some yeah, a obnoxious, lot of people died a lot of people and i'm like okay we're mad because our vase shook and fucking 30 20,000 people died in turkey yeah Within like a minute, yeah. and I'm like, okay. So I'm like, was that that made sense? Was that an earthquake? So then I open Facebook, and everyone's like, yep. And then every like all the scanners and everything else was just smashing my mm-hmm. feed, and they're like, earthquake, earthquake. I'm like, wow. Like I'm I'm good. That's one- the biggest one we've ever felt. I mean, dude, that was the biggest one in, in 40 plus years. Yeah. And I'm standing there, and I'm like, I'm good. That's a one and done for me. Right. I don't and. What's funny for me is so many people forgot the size of the fault line that we all live on. It's massive. Massive, bro. I'm like, <laughs> listen, people. Like, we get blizzards and earthquakes. Yeah. Like, that's – or tornadoes kind of strange. We've had a couple since we've been alive. Yeah. But, like, it's it's a thing. They're small, right? right? They're not like the movie Tornado or Twister or whatever that movie is. But, like, it's – yeah, Twister. Yeah. But it's – you know, our fault line's huge. It is. Huge. 
I mean, let us know in the comments down below. Did if you're still tuned into this conversation, God bless you. But if let us know in the comments down below, what was your thoughts on when that hit? Did you feel it, and what did you think? Because all I'm hearing, even when I turned on the radio after, was drunk driver hit my house, car hit my house. It was all about some car hitting their house in some way or another. So. <laughs> I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Let us know in the comments down below. If you're interested, I mean, Mike and I already boozed up, and I'm going to toss over some of the Freud for him to keep drinking. If you're interested in hearing kind of like a more off-the-rails conversation where we can't get demonetized, go over to patreon.com slash Hour and tune into our Patreon-exclusive episode that just came out. It'll be available regardless of when you sign up, so go back, listen to that. It's going to be a good time. I don't really know the topics. I don't know if Mike knows the topics, but it's going to be off the rails. So... Uh, go over there and check us out. Thank you very much for tuning into today's conversation. If you enjoyed, let us know below. But please remember, always drink responsibly, good person. And Michael, D uh, do not litter. Why are you spilling everything, dude? We're I'm out. listen. We're out. Tune over to Patreon. <laughs> <laughs>